Welcome to the Dacus Report, hosted by Pacific Justice Institute founder and president Brad Dacus. For 25 years, PJI has counseled, represented, and defended people whose religious freedoms, parental rights, or sanctity of life have been obstructed or violated, all free of charge. We leave no one behind and level the playing field for Americans as they are subjected to the tyranny of the powerful. Now, here's Brad Dacus. Welcome to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about a number of hot cases, including a decision from the Supreme Court that impacts the ability to protect minors. You're not going to want to miss that. Uh, we're also going to talk about some other interesting challenges that have parents up in arms in public schools across the nation. But to help me talk about these and uh, other cases, we have with us here constitutional law attorney uh, Michael Peffer. Welcome, Michael. And uh, you head up our Southern California office. So thank you very much. You're, uh, you're one of, of uh, I guess, uh, 35 attorneys who head That's up right. offices all across the yeah. United States of America. And uh, it's, it's really nice to have uh, you here to be on the program. And uh, uh, right after we're done with the show, you go right back to your office and we'll start working on your cases. And That's right. I just uh, really appreciate you being on the program. It's great being here. Brad, I think it'd be great to start with. Uh, you had a, quite an event yesterday, as you are uh, desirous of doing it, preaching at churches. Let's talk about that. Yeah, you know, we had the big you know, flood and uh, the rains and all that stuff. That's right. And I just thought, I'm not turning this down. So I was, I was scheduled to preach at Mountain View Baptist Church up in Hesperia. And it's in Southern California. It was a, about an hour and a half drive uh, on the Sunday morning when the, the hurricane or tropical storm was coming through. That's right. Um, I made it there with no problem. And uh, it, was, it was fantastic. Some people were flooded out and not able to attend church that morning. But we still had a good attendance. And it was so encouraging because I uh, started uh, this new sermon I've been presenting on, on Esther and showing how such a time as this, that, that principle, how that carries over in so many different ways right. to where we are here in the United States. And most importantly, after t uh, the main message and at the very end of the service, uh, one gentleman uh, responded to the opportunity to receive Christ. He raised his hand and, uh, and chose to, to pray to receive Christ wow. as his Lord and Savior. And I will tell you, I will fly, I will drive, I will fly, I will go yeah. through whatever uh, to be able to, to see that happen, to be just to be a part of, of that happening, what the Holy Spirit did and, and just uh, drew him to the Lord. And uh, it was exciting. And of course, it was even more exciting driving back <laughs> because right. then the winds were starting to pick, you know, pick, and the rains were flying, and my car did a little, one of those little uh, floating on the. Hydroplaning. Hydroplaning a little yeah, bit. Wow. And I was going so slow. So fortunately, I kept everyone away from me. And, yeah. uh, but uh, it, was a, it, was, it was well worth the risk uh, to be up there and be able to preach at that uh, wonderful church, Mountain View Baptist Church in the, his Hesperia, right near Victorville, yeah. California. Well, all the angels in heaven and earth rejoice when there's a soul saved. I think it, it definitely got protected you on the way there and on the way back because, boy, that's 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 one of the most meaningful events that you or any of us will ever be involved in. Yeah, and I agree. And I, I just want to let people out there know, if you ever would like me to come and guest preach at your church, it doesn't matter where it is in the United States, even outside the United States. Um, I'd love to come. doesn't matter how big the congregation is. Um, if there's a place on the calendar, I'll be there. 
So uh, just contact my office. I preach for free. No love offering required. No honorarium required. Uh, if needed, I can pay for my own flight. I love to preach the word. I love seeing people come to Jesus. So just go to our website, pji.org. And if you'd like me to come guest preach at your church, just go there and put request speaker and... Um, They'll, they'll handle it from there, and, and I, you know, we'll see what happens. But I think that's the most uh, important part of my work. People say all the cases, all the litigation that yeah. you know, we've handled yeah. and we've coordinated, and, and et cetera, in the media. The most important priority in my work is my calling as an evangelist to be able to share the gospel and to see people come to Jesus. Oh, uh, and it is such a joy. I have, I have more joy with that than filing a lawsuit. Um, and you I have a lot of joy for filing lawsuits. I do, because we sue a lot of <laughs> evil, wicked people who don't, right. who don't repent, like that's Planned right. Parenthood. That's right. I mean, I really love to sue Planned Parenthood, but <laughs> exactly. that's a whole other topic. So uh, anyway, we, we do have okay. other topics here. And in fact, uh, I understand that a teacher was fired for reading a book. Uh, what book was she reading, and why is this a, a positive thing? Yeah, well, kudos again to Cobb County School Board. Um, uh, they voted to uh, uh, terminate a, a ten-year veteran uh, because she was uh, a reading a book called "My Shadow Is Pur Purple" uh, to youngsters at the Due West Elementary School. So this is a book that advocates for um, uh, gender fluidity, the, the, the unscientific and unscriptural way of viewing the world. Uh, and so uh, thankfully, we have a sane school district, uh, the, Orange, uh, the Cobb County School Board, who voted to fire her and, uh, for, for reading this book. Well, uh, I think which, I think glad she got fired. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, uh, she's been teaching for 10 years. She may have had tenure. Uh, but I think the reason that she was fired is because something that trumps tenure, which is the law. Uh, my understanding right. is that, you know, that, um, that what she did was, uh, was a, a, you know, arguably a breach of, of, of public trust, of parental trust. Um, you know, I'm glad she was terminated. Uh, you know, I hope she repents. I hope she realizes how sick and what it was she was doing to these young 10 and 11 year old students yeah you know she uses words like uh censorship and inclusivity uh and things like that uh, as a mask for what's really going on here and that is we're, we're talking 10 and 11 year old students why on god's earth do we have to be talking to children 10 and 11 years old about sexuality as a whole and the idea of gender fluidity. Yeah, she talks about, you know, she wants to, uh, she's disappointed that she was terminated for an inclusive and affirming book. That's right. Wait a minute. 10 and 11-year-olds. Yes. Um, you know, this teacher needs to do her homework and understand that the overwhelming majority of children who have gender identity dysphoria at that level, elementary school level, Yeah. If just left alone, the overwhelming majority of them will no longer have that dysphoria, that mental condition, That's right. uh, when they graduate from high school. Absolutely. So she used the word affirming. No, you do not want to affirm it. Exactly. It's a That's mental condition. You don't affirm <laughs> yeah. that which has a statistically a fatal outcome. It's like affirming a, a cancerous tumor. That's right. Do you know a child is more likely to survive in, to the age of 30 
if they have a, a tumor, a cancerous tumor, than if they are affirmed and solidified into the uh, gender identity dysphoria. Uh, and, and if they have that, because the majority of those will de be dead before the age of 30 because of unresolved depression yeah. and then suicide. So if you're not going to want to affirm a child to have a cancerous tumor yeah. where they have a higher uh, lifespan and survival rate, why would you want to affirm something like, you know, uh, changing their gender yeah. and in, in the confusion? It makes absolutely no sense. Just logically, yeah. just logically looking at the stats. I mean, for, even let's assume we're all atheists. Let's just say we just want people to live long and happy lives. Yeah. Studies show affirming children into this, this, in, this confusion, this dysphoria, That's right. uh, deprives them of having the longest and fullest and happiest life. Yeah, it, absolutely. And we, that's a great analogy. You know, let's affirm a cancerous tumor. Um, you know, I, it, it's silly what they're doing. And, and this, I, this notion that we ought to affirm sickness is really malpractice on the part of the entire um, uh, psychological field and the uh, medical field as well who are joining this hook, line, and sinker, certainly on the uh, fact of teachers. Uh, really what we need to do is get these young kids help. Um, the, the, we know one thing is for certain, and the, the Scandinavian countries have recognized this. Europe all, as a whole have recognized this. Uh, uh, England has recognized this. We don't need to be dealing with this with minors, period. No, we, it don't. Just, we don't need to be dealing with this minors. And what's really encouraging um, about all this is that we have states like North Carolina and, and others that are passing laws yeah. saying, no, this garbage is not allowed in public schools. Yeah. Indoctrination involving... in. in uh, uh, controversial issues, political or religious yeah. uh, ideologies, that has no place in public schools. Because you're really not being inclusive. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. If you bring this stuff in. I mean, how, how are the, the Christian kids, the Muslim children, yes. um, going to feel when they're basically being told that what you believe is second class, That's right. this is the higher way of thinking. Yeah. No, it's not inclusive at all. It's yeah. very exclusive very demeaning, very bigoted, very hate-filled uh, to those children who are coming from families with strong, level-headed, reasonable, traditional, or religious beliefs. Absolutely, and that's why we can't continue to condone this. we got to stand up. The church needs to speak out about this. This is damaging to children, period. There's no dis there can't be a dispute over this. And re only the most ardent supporters of this nonsense will refuse to agree with that. Yeah. Well, we've got to speak up. And uh, hopefully people will be speaking up in the upcoming election in 2024. Sure hope so. Uh, you know, there's a lot of states that if they just had a few more legislators in the right direction, uh, they could pass protective laws to protect children right. from this sick, de deranged, outrageous, dangerous material. Did you know that all of PJI's practical resources are offered free of charge and that we are proud to have served hundreds of thousands of people in this way? Just visit us at pji.org to download all the current and free resources you need. Now, back to the Dacus Report. Welcome back. Michael, uh, 
the legislature in North Carolina has decided to override a governor's veto. Um, what, was, uh, what was this legislation that the North Carolina thought was so important that they wanted to override the governor's veto? Well, there were several pieces that got overruled. Uh, I'm sorry, they, they overturned the veto. One of them, the major one, was this, uh, uh, there was a law that prevented minors from undergoing transgender medical procedures. And the legislature wisely said, they can't do that. You can't do this surgery on minors. On little children. That's right. You can't cut off their body parts. You can't inject them with counter hormones. Yes. That's going to screw up their body and, that's right. and, their, and everything else. So that's, that's great. So the legislature passed that. Yes. The North Carolina legislature passed that. And then governor, Democrat governor Roy Cooper, he vetoed this. That's right. This measure to protect children. We're not even talking about adults here. We're talking about minors. Yeah, absolutely. So he, he had the audacity to, uh, to veto that. And then the legislature, they went in and said, oh, yeah, we're overriding your veto. We have that many legislators that have common sense. Okay, so that was one measure. There was another measure. There was. They uh, got ov uh, overridden. It got vetoed by the by the, the governor. Yes, uh, so they also uh, voted to override a veto of another bill that's going to limit LGBTQ teaching in early grades in public schools. So again, another win for the legislature. This does not belong, it's especially in the younger grades. Uh, and also uh, uh, the uh, voted to override uh, the veto of uh, the Democrat governor's veto of another bill that blocks uh, transgender persons with male DNA from playing on girls' sports teams. Yeah, so it says, guys, you want to compete? You play with the guys. If yeah. you have a mental condition right now, you wake up, you feel like you're a female, okay, that's a mental condition. It doesn't change your biological advantage Yeah. in any way. That's right. You're playing with the guys. Gals, you're playing with the gals. I think that makes total sense. So, once again, Democrat Governor Roy Cooper, he vetoed all of these positive measures to that's protect right. girls, to protect um, minors, children. He he had the audacity to veto these wonderful this wonderful legislation, and fortunately, praise God, the legislature. There were enough level-headed legislatures legislators there in North Carolina to override his veto. Uh, I have a hard time seeing how any level-headed person with any conscience and any faith could ever, in good conscience, stand before God after voting. To, uh, for Roy uh, Cooper to be governor, re-elected yeah. governor. And this really shows the importance of getting involved in elections. Be, knowing who you're voting for, these are very, very important issues. As we've talked about many times, and we're going to keep talking about them, these are crucial issues for the health of children. And unless we start stopping it like this legislature did, uh, thank God for the supermajority of the uh, Republicans uh, that, that voted for this, because otherwise this Roy Cooper was going to stand in the, in the place of that, the legislature and say, nope, you can't protect children. Yeah, nope, I bow the knee to the LGBTQ movement. Exactly. Uh, I, take, I, I have a higher value for that than parents' rights That's right. and protecting little children from being 
yeah. having s- s- terrible sick things uh, done to them. You know that, that one legislation dealing with what's taught in the schools regarding uh, you know preventing uh, pronouns and indoctrination about um, gender identity confusion and sexuality. That was only applying to kindergarten through fourth grade. Yeah. And he couldn't even sign that? He had to veto that? Really? Yep, I know. I mean, what a sick, sick, demented governor yeah. of North Carolina. Yeah. The guy is, I don't know what his problem is. Is he, is he corrupt? Is he mentally ill? Is he demonic? I, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. But that makes, it makes no sense how anyone could be opposed to protecting children at that young age from being mm. messed up with gender confusion, indoctrination, sexuality issues. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah. I, maybe I'm a little, mm. seem a little emphatic on this, but I think this is how the average American out there with his, any kind of level head and conscience, religious or not, would be thinking when they hear that this governor, Roy Cooper, this Democrat, had the audacity to say, no, I don't want to protect those little children from such obvious, blatant, inappropriate material. I don't think you're being over-dramatic at all. I think that's exactly right. This is, this is life and death for these children. I'm not, I don't think I'm being over-dramatic there. I think it's life and death. I think you, you're, you're wanting to introduce hormones into these kids that will change them forever. That's forever. Ever is a long time. And, and, and the situation here is that this push, this constant drumbeat to allow children to make this decision, at least why not wait till they're 18 and they can make this decision all on their lonesome. They don't need any support from anybody. Let's instead support them when they're children, be kind to them, give them counseling when necessary, but let's back off of this, these in crazy medical procedures. Yeah, I, if I had my way, uh, this, none of this, a lot, this garbage would be taught in public schools yeah, at all. Me too. This is an individual matter. It's a family matter. Yeah. Uh, counselors should be addressing this. Trained psychological counselors, psychiatrists, pastors. Uh, public schools have no business dealing with such psychologically sensitive issues like this, Agreed. period. And as far as the procedure goes... Uh, you know, injecting with hormones, uh, cutting off body parts for non-medical purposes. Uh, I don't even think that should be legal in the yeah. United States, period. It's, yeah, there's no medical purpose. It, it violates the Hippocratic Oath of, of not doing harm to the physical body. Yeah. It doesn't resolve the mental <laughs> conditions. Studies show that. Nope. It doesn't reduce depression. It doesn't reduce suicide. It's malpractice. Yeah. And I would be in favor of law, uh, legislation making this and recognizing this as malpractice. Uh, you know, Michael, I, I do want to encourage people out there, if they know of someone who has been victimized uh, by a, a doctor, a psychiatrist, maybe as a child, and coerced uh, to have permanent things done to their body with hormones or body parts cut off masochistically, yeah. and they now realize, like one in, more than one in five already realize, shoot, this was a mistake. Um, if there are people out there who feel that way and they've had this happen to them, and they did not get adequate required counseling. They were not given the full uh, breadth of what's going to happen to them. Yeah. Uh, I encourage them uh, to contact us at PJI. Go to our website, pji.org. Uh, we have attorneys out there 
that I know would be interested in going to bat for you for malpractice, medical malpractice, psychiatric malpractice. This is something that we need to fight back on. And this, I think, is one of the most immediate, most direct strategies to oppose this with, to fight back on, is to sue them broadside yeah. for malpractice and liability and hit them hard for every, with everything they, that, that they could be hit for. I agree. Yeah, I, I, I think that's what's necessary. Uh, we're seeing some cases coming through right now that people are suing uh, after they reach the age of adulthood and realize this was not good for me. Uh, they're suing right now, and I, I urge trial lawyers to take on these cases. Uh, I, I think there's a huge upside, uh, not just for uh, you know financial, but more so on the upside for society and protecting right. the vulnerable youth from being experimented on. Yeah, exactly. And if there's an attorney out there that you know that would like to possibly join our team at Pacific Justice Institute uh, involving this issue or other issues, um, maybe you're an attorney, you're watching this. I encourage you to contact us at pji.org. Click uh, Get Involved or just give us a call. Uh, we'd love to talk with you about becoming a part of the PJI team. Folks, we have attorneys all across the country, affiliate attorneys. In addition to those we have on staff in our offices coast to coast. Uh, we're building this team continually. And if you'd like to make a difference and take on a case that could um, really have an impact for your children, your grandchildren, and society in a positive way, contact us. Just go to PJI. Dot O-R-G. Uh, in fact, we're always often hiring new attorneys Indeed. all the time across the country because yes. um, more and more cases are coming in. As the cases That's come right. in, we want to step up to the play to make sure they get the help that they need. That's right. Always without charge. Indeed. A physician or physicians um, have uh, now decided to, they, they're speaking out of what they allege is an ivermectin cover-up an ivermectin cover-up by the FDA. Uh, what's happening now? Uh, truth is coming to the surface, but uh, the truth about ivermectin and those who are suppressing it is also coming to the surface, and some physicians are speaking out against it, uh, what they've called a, a cover-up. What, 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 what happened? What was the cover-up? Well, the cover-up th was that they knew that this ivermectin was effective at, at treating COVID. So the FDA knew? That's right. They, that it was effective treating COVID. But they didn't, they, they said you couldn't use it. They right. said you had to use uh, Remdesivir, yes. which is a nickname, Run Death is Near. That's right. Because it was a, had terrible results. Exactly. So, so the FDA knew from the start that ivermectin was an effective treatment yeah. for COVID. As did many physicians. And in fact, the, the, the FDA recently made a, what, what can only be called a stunning admission in a courtroom and they said, doctors do have the authority to prescribe ivermectin to treat COVID. And uh, that comes as a surprise to many doctors who were fired or pushed out or shamed because they had the nerve to prescribe ivermectin. So they finally came out and acknowledged it after how many hundreds of thousands have died oh because they didn't have proper, adequate care and treatment. Yeah. It's disgraceful. I know a gentleman um, who uh, works for a hospital and uh, treated patients. And he had his patients that he treated. Uh, and he informed me, and this is attorney-client privilege, so, uh, you know, I'm not disclosing the person's name. Okay. 
but uh, he disclosed with, with me that he uh, that he he made a point to treat his patients that had COVID immediately with ivermectin. Immediately, yeah. they got treated with ivermectin. The other doctors in this hospital, their patients, they didn't treat. They didn't use any ivermectin. They used remdesivir. Yeah, that's what they did. Yeah, and what this individual told me, he said, all of my patients that I treated with ivermectin and added that to their protocol, every single one of them lived. However, a large portion of the other patients treated by the other doctors, following the protocol of the FDA and the CDC, yeah, and established medical institutions, um, they they had a lot of patients die. That's right. I think it's insane. It's insanity. And they're just trying to make a lot of money. So, folks, you know, go to um, Frontline Doctors, I think, .com, I think it is. Yeah, get your information. Get your facts. Do your homework. But don't let fear and propaganda uh, guide you because it's already costing a lot of people their lives. That's my two cents. We would love the opportunity to continue to serve you. Just visit pji.org and click the Legal Insider button to sign up for our email newsletter. At PJI, we help individual employees, employers, business owners, pastors, students, citizens of every stripe through our practical resources, counsel, representation, and defense, all free of charge at pji.org. PJI is an island of stability and assurance in our ever-churning sea of legal and societal chaos. We are here for you. So folks, just remember, it's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms. <laughs>